Welcome to another edition of Boxing from Yahoo Sports. I'm the one, the only, Lejethro Jenkins holding court. We got Yahoo's NBA reporter, Sirit Sohi, and Vince Goodwill in the grindhouse. Today, we're having a bit of an after party for the last dance and asking the question, could the Bulls have won a seventh NBA championship? Sirit, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, you're the winner until you lose, basically. There's no reason for anybody to be coming up and saying, like, this team would have beat them or that team would have beat them when we just don't know. So the way I see it, you had one of the best teams of all time. I see no reason to doubt them. Now, I know that they were a little bit older, but at the same time, this team always, always, always found a way when they were all all connected. Like, if you look at the sixth title season, you could have made a lot of the exact same arguments that you would make for them not winning a seventh title. And they mm-hmm. won it anyways. They had a championship pedigree, and any team that was going to beat them was going to be, you know, not that experienced. The Spurs that ended up winning the title that year, they ended up, that was their first title. It was a rookie Tim Duncan. Granted, probably the, one of the best players that Jordan would have had to face, but at a younger age. And I think that that guile that they had would have definitely gotten them over the top. But at the end of the day, the Spurs beat the Knicks. The, like, that's the Knicks without Ewing, you know? Like, it wasn't like... They were, you know, they dominated the West, but they weren't like this insane. They didn't, you know, impress in the finals in the way that would have convinced me, at least, that they would have definitely beat the Bulls. I think you have to go with the team that that's proven it. I think LJ and Sprewell were the best players on that Knicks team or something like that. Allen Houston. Allen Houston, okay, yeah. And Latrell Sprewell yeah. were the best yeah. teams, which, which ironically would have been the best set of wings that Michael Jordan would have faced that late in the playoffs had that been the case. I'm not here to argue for the New York Knicks. I'm not even here to argue for the San Antonio Spurs, even though Tim Duncan was in year two and not a rookie. I'm here to argue for common sense. (laughs) Four championships in a row has never been done in modern NBA history. We can talk about the Celtics of the 60s, but we're talking about post-merger. You've won three exit the casino before you lose your money. Now, it's not to take away from the Bulls' greatness that they would not have won a seventh title. It's just an argument for common sense. Michael Jordan was 35 going on 36 with a cigar cutter accident that happened in the offseason of 1998 that severed a tendon in his right index finger, which means he could not grip a basketball. Not saying that that takes you from a best player in the league standing to a average player but when you're an older team you need every advantage that you can get you're telling me scotty pippen's coming back you're telling me dennis rodman who left the finals to go wrestling stays on the wagon for another season a truncated 50 game season i need everybody to put away the pixie dust to put away the fairies, to put away all these things, make it, take it. We never saw Michael Jordan lose all that type of nonsense. And let's just add some common sense here. Ladies and gentlemen, I will prove to you beyond the shadow of a reasonable doubt, Judge Ledretto Jenkins, that there's no way on God's green earth that the Bulls would have come close to a seventh championship. And here's the other part of it. It wouldn't have diminished their greatness one bit, going 6-1 and one compared to 6-0. and oh doesn't change the fact that they were the best team of modern NBA history, but their time was over. Do you think they can get Pippen and Carter on? That's for both of y'all. Absolutely not. Scotty, put it like this. As we saw in the documentary, Scotty Pippen is just as honorary as Michael Jordan is petty. All right. He said, <laughs> I would rather knowing everything that come from it, that came from it. I still sit on the bench 
and let the Tony Kukoc thing happen. Mm. I don't have those regrets. He also said, I'm the guy that made sure our 98 championship season was as difficult as possible because I want to have a hot boy summer. He went out and had a hot boy summer in 97 because he got hurt on company time. He wanted to have surgery on company time. Teammates be damned. So you mean to tell me that without a shadow of a reasonable doubt that Scottie Pippen, who had been waiting for a payday after signing a bad contract, was going to sign a one-year deal just so he can add to Michael Jordan's lore? Please. Sir, what do you think? Well, first of all, I'd say when you say never been done before as a reason why the Bulls and Michael Jordan couldn't have done something, I think all that would do is make Jordan and the Bulls lick their chops. The the idea of having to face the impossible is really the only thing that would have motivated this team. Winning a fourth title, that's, like you said, unheard of other than in the 60s, you know, other, you know, other than Russell Celtics who played when there were like, you know, four teams in the NBA. (laughs) And uh, you know, and there were some there were some quotas going on there. Like other than that, no one's ever ever done it before. So to me, I just I look at that and that challenge. That's unifying enough, especially for a player like Michael Jordan, who is so so aware of his legacy. Like you talk about you know, a right a right tendon injury in his finger. That's fine. Like this is the guy who wanted to play through a broken foot to try to make the playoffs in you know in his second year. And that was, you know, before they really had any shot at it either. He's incredibly determined. If you give him a challenge, he's gonna he's gonna go up go up for it. And I also think, like, just for the whole argument's sake, we have to assume it's the same team get, getting back together. You know, if we're if we're thinking about free agency and losing Pippen, then I don't really know what we're what we're arguing about because we have no idea what that team would look like. But if you bring those exact same guys back and you and you actually sign them to dip, to if you sign Pippen to a reasonable contract, then I don't think you're getting Howdy Scotty Pippen and all this drama around the team because he's going to be content. He's going to say, okay, you know what? You guys paid me. And on top of that, you're coming back into a lockout shortened season where an older team has a little bit of an advantage because they don't have to play 82 games. They only would have had to play 50 games that I imagine, you know, they wouldn't have really treated the regular season like, like a big deal. And they would have gotten a bigger break going into, going into that season that summer. So it really, I think, favors them. And at the same time, they still have Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr went and signed with, with the Spurs that year. I'm not saying that makes the biggest difference in the world, it's, but it's one more thing that is on their side versus a team that ended up being in the NBA Finals. And I remember Steve Kerr hitting some big shots in those finals, too. I uh, do remember what, 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 what we're not going to do. What we're not going to do here <laughs> is extol the virtues of Steve Kerr the seventh man on the team and say that he's going to be the difference between winning and losing, between living and dying. Thanks, Al Pacino. We're not going to do that. No, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that at all. Okay, I have on a shirt. Can you guys see it? It says Ali on Mm -hmm. it, right? Ali is Paul Bunyan, but Ali lost fights. Ali Mm -hmm. lost to Ken Norton. Ali lost to Joe Frazier. Ali was a shell of himself on the back end of his career. Didn't diminish his greatness. He just stayed in the ring a couple of fights too long. Michael Jordan has turned into Paul Bunyan in everybody's eyes. He's the greatest player of all time, no doubt. But when we say, oh, he could have he could have dunked on a 13-foot realm and shot from 35 feet. Did you guys look at the 1998 finals from an efficiency standpoint, from a leg standpoint? Michael Jordan was ready for retirement. He was ready to go. So to say that he was going to have the same motivation, to say that he— 
as this fifth MVP campaign, he wasn't the player that he was the the previous three or four years, even from his comeback, like the drop-off has started. So he wasn't even the same efficient player. And here's the other part of it, guys. Scottie Pippen was done. Whether he was happy, unhappy, or whatever, Scottie Pippen's star days were done by that point. And we can't assume that just because he came back that he he was going to make the all-star team or an all-defensive team or be an MVP candidate because once he left Chicago, that never happened. Or once basically leading past that 96-97 season, he was not that same player again. So Michael Jordan at his best needed Scottie Pippen to be somewhat close to his best for them to be successful. Scottie Pippen was a shell of himself in Houston, a shell of himself in Portland. So we have to look at that situation accurately. And to the other part, there's a guy in San Antonio named Tim Duncan who would have been the best player Michael Jordan would have faced in the finals. And Tim Duncan is not Carl Malone and he's not Charles Barkley. We've never seen Tim Duncan make the big time mistakes on the finals level that we saw Malone and Barkley do. So San Antonio was not going to beat themselves the way that the Utah Jazz did had the Bulls even made the finals. Even in the second year, you think second year Tim Duncan is the best player he's ever played? Yes, Tim Duncan's okay. the second, even even in the second year, absolutely. In a 50-game season, to, to the larger point of, those games started around late January, early February, if, if memory serves. That means that you're having to cram a bunch of games into a, a very, you know, truncated sort of schedule. Mm-hmm. I don't think that helps. Because that Bulls mm. team was tired in 98. Mm. They would have been tired going into 99 as well. Like, you don't – how many old teams have we seen get younger with an offseason? <laughs> old teams get older. Old teams don't get younger. Like, that, this is a young man's game, and the Bulls were no longer young. Sometimes exponentially, too. They but. would have had three months, though. They would have had three months to rest. You know, it's not like they'd be coming in after – you know, like, I know that championships wear you down. Going from June to October, that's not really a rest. You know, I think we know that after seeing the way that the Warriors and, and LeBron has has uh, had to, you know, load manage in order to keep making these runs. But they would have, like, starting to play again in January is so different from starting to play again in October. That's a full three months where these guys would have, A, been a lot hungrier to play. Now, if you're going to tell me that Michael Jordan would have been motivated to win, I don't really know what to say to that. If there's anything we know about Michael Jordan, whether, you know, his skills would have been diminished, diminished or not, and, you know, he would have been a little less athletic, he would have 100% been motivated because at the end of the day, there's nothing that man loves to do more than win, and there's nothing he hates more than losing. If you give him three extra months and you give the Bulls three extra months to, to stew on this, and you know they're not going to go hard for 50 games. It's not like all these other teams would have been trying to, you know, get the number one seed and all that stuff. They would have been confident in who they were. They would have rested down the stretch. They wouldn't have, you know, tried to cram all these games in. Now, And you also would have had a healthier Scottie Pippen going in there. He, you know, I, I know that he wasn't the same player he was, but in Houston, he played 50 games and played over 40 minutes per game. That's unheard of now, especially for a player his age. And how no did he play he there? You can, look, you can, you can play hard and you can play long. It don't mean you play well. Scottie Pippen, Scottie Pippen never made an all-star game now, after 1997. That's because he never should have gone somewhere else. He was he was at his best when he was with Jordan. If anybody exposed himself throughout, you know, a- after '98 on that team, it was him. And I understand he had back injuries, but it was also a matter of fit. He was in a perfect situation in Chicago, and he would have stayed in that situation. He would have been healthier. 
he would have been able to give Jordan a little bit more of a break, which is one of the reasons he was so tired in uh, in the 1998 run is because Pippen was hurt and, you know, Dennis was all over the place. Now, granted, Dennis might be all over the place again. That might, that, that would probably hold. But you're also going to have a much more balanced roster in terms of rest going into those finals. And going into going into the playoffs, like let's just let's just look at the playoffs that that year. They're not losing to the Knicks, and those Knicks beat the Pacers. Now I know those Pacers took them to seven, but being taken to seven doesn't really mean anything. It, it doesn't translate to the next year. We see over and over again in the NBA where we assume that a team got, that got taken to seven is weak. The Warriors got taken to seven by the Rockets and then pummeled them the next year. We can we can move to closing arguments if y'all want. Are y'all ready for that? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, let's move to closing arguments. So start with you, Vince. We start with Siri first. So start with you, Vince. Uh, Judge Jenkins, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen of the jury, if we were to argue that the Bulls could have won the 1994 championship as a four-peat with Michael Jordan as a leader, I would much rather make that argument for you. A younger Jordan, a prime Pippen, a Horace Grant, still a younger, hungry team. I would take that for Pete over a 1999, almost March Madness style uh, NBA season where the Atlanta Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks made it to the actual second round in the NBA playoffs in 1999. And the New York Knicks, well, while they were an eighth seed, they were not an eighth seed in a traditional sense. So if Michael Jordan's going to miss time during a regular season where 50 games are of the essence, we're not sure that he's going to come back turning 36 years old during that season to be the Michael Jordan the Chicago Bulls needed him to be for the long run and once again Scottie Pippen was done and Dennis Rodman only played 30 games past 1998 for two teams there's far too many variables here ladies and gentlemen for us to assume that the Bulls would have won a seventh championship too many things had to go right and just saying well it's Michael Jordan that can't be our only reason here we need empirical evidence and as and as the wonderful orator that Sirisohi is, she did not prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the Bulls would have done anything other than suffer the same fate as the Larry Bird Celtics or the Magic Johnson Lakers or the Isaiah Thomas Pistons. When your time is up, your time is up. What happened to the Bulls was that they literally left the casino before people realized that they had robbed it. <laughs> your floor, Siri. <laughs> All right, that's a nice, uh, nice law and border vibes there from from Ben. <laughs> I appreciate that, the dedication to the art. Um, first of all, I would say it's Michael Jordan. It's pretty, pretty strong empirical evidence in and of itself. Uh, we all watched the last stance, and I understand that the man gets pathologized a little too much these days. But at the same time, there's a reason that that exists. The guy finds a way. The Bulls find a way. You're giving 1995. me Bulls one year wow. older, yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Siri. She has the floor, Vince. You had your chance. Come on, yeah, bro. Yeah, come on, Vince. Come on. <laughs> and there we go. This, 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 there we go. There yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? <laughs> All right, we've got – so you got you got six months of rest for these guys. From June to January, they don't have to do anything. Now, they've never they never had a break like that in any of their championship runs. And I know that those 50 games would have been crunched up, but it's not like they would have gone full throttle and even played in all 50 of those games, at least not the, the main guys. So you got 
Michael Jordan coming back, well-rested. Now, Dennis Rodman, yeah, he didn't have a lot of success later in his career, but he also, you know, he was in a perfect situation for him with a perfect coach and guys that understood that, you know, he needed to have a little bit a little bit of space. Now, that's not a very common thing in the NBA, but in a situation that he was in, I think he still would have thrived despite what happened later on in his career. And I think the same is true for Pippen because of the position that he was in. For him to have, try and go and reinvent himself after all the injuries and at the age that he was, yeah, that was tough. But him coming back after six months off on the same team, doing the same thing he's done for his entire career, they would have been fine. They would have been fine. They w- and they would have brought back everybody else. And they have this incredible motivation to be the only team in history other than Russell Celtics that have won four titles in a row that of course they're already mythologized but that without a like beyond a shadow of a doubt would have made them the best dynasty of all time and on top of that if you bring everybody back you don't have the same tension that you had in the 98 finals or the 90 or the the entire 98 season really where everybody's wondering what's going to happen Hey, I'm sure if that's the actual last dance, they're probably fine with it. And the other thing is they're all paid after that, too. So they're not worried about these little things. Pippen isn't a huge problem. And, you know, everyone's satisfied. Everyone, I guess, except for probably Jerry Krause. So that would just, I think, would have been a much smoother season. And I think they would have appreciated it after being away from the game for longer. And at the, and at the end of the day, like the championship pedigree wins over, at least until it stops winning. I think you always have to give credit to the team that it done. I've come to my conclusion. I've come to my conclusion. Sid, I do agree with you. Um, I think if the if the Bulls were the same Bulls, they would have won. However, the point that Vince made about him being as ornery as Michael was petty, I do not see Pippen coming back. And also, going off empirical evidence, Pippen was not the same player. And Michael needed Pippen, obviously. We saw he, he scored, what, 45, 1-1, one one, I think, in game six in order for them to be to, to beat the, the, uh, the, the, the Jazz. And it, do you need that type of Herculean effort from, from you know, Michael throughout a, a full season, even a, a, a partial season, 50, 50 games? I just don't see it happening. I have to rule for Vince. You made a great argument, though, but I have to rule for Vince. <laughs> Just based off empirical evidence. <laughs> and, and the reality of the situation, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, any any final comments? Well, I think I think you have to assume that Pippen's back, you know, just for the sake of the argument. It probably isn't, but for the sake of the argument. Well, thank you for listening to Box In. This is another episode. We are here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Congratulations, Vince, on the win. Hope to catch you guys later. Thanks, sir. Appreciate you guys. Y'all take care. Be safe.
I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to follow us on social media at Skullduggery Pod.